Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. So here we go. Adam, cut down day, my friend. Cut down to 53. have to be at 53 by tomorrow. Um, what are your thoughts overall about this team right now? You've seen them in three preseason games. I know it's preseason. A lot of guys aren't playing that will be on this team, but has there been any kind of theme or or good or bad that you've seen that might carry over into the into the regular season? Um, I mean, we'll we'll see how it works out in terms of, you know, they said that they wanted to be more aggressive on defense. They wanted to create turnovers and they were kind of able to do that. Right. I mean, through the joint practices, uh, which, by the way, the joint practice is far more uh, indicative of what's what the team looks like than the than the preseason games are, of course. But um, we saw them be able to do that now with nothing but backups on the field uh, on uh, Saturday against the Cowboys, we saw that they really didn't have a whole lot uh, of aggression on the defensive side. They weren't able to create disruption or force turnovers, and they got absolutely torched by a quarterback who won't be in the league uh, tomorrow. So, um, you know, I think there was good and bad, but it's also, I, I found it I find it funny. Like, the preseason is just, it's so crazy to me because I do think it's valuable. I think there's, there's things that you can take from it. I think there's a lot of things that teams can get from them in terms of communication and, um, you know, getting in and out of huddles and getting out of, in and out of plays and, you know, dealing with the play clock and uh, all those sorts of things. Coaches knowing when to challenge. How does their communication work in terms of the guys upstairs telling them, hey, go challenge this. But I, I just don't think there's a whole lot you could take from it. But every year we say, hey, don't take too much from this. And then if one of your players – you know, if, if you're a fan, one of your players plays well, you start freaking out and saying he's great. And and then if the other team is not good, like, well, it's just backups, you know, whatever. Like you just you want to take only good things um, if you're uh, if you're a fan of a team. And that's kind of what we see from people. So it's just it's kind of a weird thing to look at the preseason. But I do think, you know, hey, look, the Raiders had a couple of players where they needed a challenge and the communication was well. Uh, it went. It worked and they they did it right. Um, that's good. The 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 first team offense, the one drive that we saw from them in the preseason, uh, was very efficient. I mean, the the pace was great. The communication was great. Uh, they got into a couple of plays that worked, out of a couple of plays that wouldn't have worked, and uh, scored a touchdown. I think that was the biggest takeaway from the preseason. Everything else is just kind of it's kind of kind of silly to really uh, try to read too much into it. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on Will Greer from the Cowboys. I think he'll be on a team that guy was awesome. On a side note, well, he'll be out of the league for at least a minute. Or 24 hours. The waiver process. Yeah. Before someone picks him up. Um, On a side note, did you know about his brother, Nash Greer? No. A teeny bopper influencer. Um, The daughter was in love with him when she was 16. This kid's got 33 million followers on Instagram. Wow. Okay. Good for him. Will is not the most famous Greer in the household. Well, he might be after Saturday. Well, that's true. He was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. They couldn't tackle that guy. They couldn't stop that guy. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, I will be very interested. I think um, I think we got a little taste uh, with Josh McDaniels yesterday on the press conference on the Zoom of what they're going to do with their number two quarterback. Um, I thought it should be Aiden O'Connell. Um, I think 
you know, you drafted him for a reason. I, I think he proved himself in the preseason. Wasn't as great yesterday as the first two games, but um, excuse me, on Saturday, because we're taping this on Monday. Um, but I thought he played well throughout the whole preseason. And yet, when I hear Josh McDaniel say nothing set in stone, that leads us to believe that it's going to be Brian Hoyer, at least to start as number two. Yeah, I think so. But I also, I feel like there might be some you know, roster manipulation in play. And I mean, that's totally legal. I'm not saying that as it's, uh, you know, shady or anything like that. I, I think, you know, you can't release Aiden O'Connell, but you can release Brian Hoyer because right. he wouldn't get signed by anybody, I don't think. So I think it's possible that they try to sneak an extra guy on the roster by releasing Hoyer and then maybe bringing him back to the practice squad and then using him potentially as the number two quarterback at times uh, by, you know, just kind of moving them back and forth between the roster. Uh, I, I'm not sure that's what they're going to do. And with the new three quarterback rule, you can actually have three quarterbacks on the active roster and it wouldn't count against your game day total. But uh, they said they're not sure they're going to utilize that tool either. Um, I think that there's a lot of possibilities that they can play with. And um, I will actually I am I am still in the camp of I don't think Well, I'll, I'll say this, depending on what your goals are. Um, I think that they should just probably start a no coddle and tank the season like that's i still think that's what they should do um if you want to actually try to compete which is what they look like they're trying to do then i think brian hoyer has to be your number two quarterback i don't think a no coddle is anywhere near ready to play quarterback in the nfl uh i i think that people got a little bit carried away with the preseason of gets going going up against vanilla defenses with no blitzers look he did what he was supposed to do he had wide open guys he hit them great job i think you're very i think you're more excited now about a no coddle than you were probably going into the offseason. The Raiders are like, okay, there's something here to develop. Uh, but I don't I don't believe he's anywhere near playing in an NFL game or being being ready to play in an NFL game. Uh, I think that could come down the road, uh, but I just don't see it now. So if you go to him, it's almost like the Cardinals. If you decided to, like today, you know, for those that aren't paying attention, they basically just declared outright they're tanking. Um, they're going to Clayton Toon potentially as their starting quarterback, maybe Dobbs, who they just brought in this week, uh, as the starting quarterback, but they're not trying to win. I think the Raiders, as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, are trying to win and trying to compete and trying to see what they can get out of this roster. I mean, you've got great players out there. It's going to be tough to tank, but um, if you go to Aiden O'Connell at some point, I think you are just kind of giving up on the season. Uh, if you go to Hoyer, I think you're trying to patch in uh, and and try to see what you can maintain uh, out of this year. Hoyer's been actually fine in, in camp. The preseason games, he didn't look great, but he's been fine in camp. I think that's who you go to if you want to win uh, at some point or at least compete. And Aiden O'Connell is who you go to if you're just trying to develop somebody and try to tank games. And so that's, I guess that's how, the, how it would play out. So I guess it depends at what point in the season uh, Jimmy Garoppolo would potentially get hurt, if he does get hurt. I mean, he, he has uh, as much talk as there's been about his injuries. He has go on full seasons before so uh, maybe that happens and they're they're in it all the way to the end but um, i think it depends on where potentially you need a backup quarterback what they would do in that case well given how he's played in the nfl you might want to tank with brian hoyer as well i i know i know but he's a he's a game manager i mean he has i don't i think the last time he won a game is like 2013 or something like that um it's been a long it's been a long time maybe 2016 was the stat um, it's been a long time, but I think he's more ready right now. Like who has a better chance? Okay. Say at the sports book, you know, who, who would give the Raiders a better chance in terms of, you know, what the perception would be to win a game tomorrow, Hoyer or O'Connell. I don't think you're winning with either one, but I think you're more in the game with Hoyer 
uh, you're more able to just manage everything and and calm everything down. And I think O'Connell again showed signs of promise that he could develop at some point. Uh, but I don't I don't know that that's the guy you'd want to go into a game with tomorrow if you had to. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, and I understand tanking uh, in terms of tanking the season. I just think when you draft someone, you want to see what he looks like in real games and against real people and see if what we saw in the preseason was more of a mirage and then he's just not completely ready. And I guess you could do both. I guess you could put him in there, and if he's just absolutely horrible, you could still go to Hoyer to try to manage games. But they're not going to win either way with either of those guys as a quarterback. Yeah. Well, I think the point is if you're if you're if you're making O'Connell the number two, Hoyer's probably not here. But I think that's that's probably the three, very, right. You can, but you don't have to, and you do still have to use an active roster spot. The only thing the third quarterback rule does, and I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up so we can explain it. What the third quarterback rule does is you can have a guy available on game day uh to be a third quarterback that doesn't count against your 46 man active game day roster. So you can essentially have 47 people active on game day if one of them is a situation. You're not getting into a situation like the Niners did last year when Christian McCaffrey had to play quarterback. Right. But if you're keeping that third quarterback on your roster, he still has to be one of the 53. You don't get an extra, you don't get an extra guy during the week. Uh, You just get an extra guy on game day. If you have that extra guy on your roster. So um, it's not like you can have a third quarterback that is, is now your 54th man. Right. Uh, you still have to decide if you want a third quarterback on your active roster. That's that's part of of this rule. So um, it is it isn't as easy as just hey you can automatically keep three quarterbacks and not even have to think about it. That's not really the rule. You do have to still consider if you want to keep a third quarterback on the roster. And if you do, then you have the option of making them active uh, on game day without counting against your total. So that's the uh, that's that's kind of the you know the downside of the rule, I guess, for those that want to have a third quarterback, you still have to keep them as part of your 53. So that's part of the consideration. That's part of the equation uh, that the the Raiders are doing right now, trying to figure out how many guys they want to keep around. I think we both thought Josh Jacobs would be in at some point. Um, I thought it'd be maybe the week before. You know, they have two weeks in between games now, so I thought it might be the week before. Um, They kind of did a Saquon Barkley with Amir where they kind of gave him a little more money off the franchise tag. did any of this surprise you in terms of them going to nearly twelve million and bringing him in? And and what did you think was his real feeling about this? Uh, even though he probably wasn't going to leave that much money on the table, um, he wanted a multi-year deal. He didn't get it. They can tag him again next year. Um, although I don't know if that's going to come around to do that. I don't know if they'll bring him back after next year. I guess if he leads the league in rushing again, there might be some cause to do it. Um, but they're going to run him ragged if that happens. So. What were your overall thoughts about Josh Jacobs coming in at nearly twelve million? Yeah, it's about the time we thought it was going to happen, right? I mean, we it, we said the watch would begin with the final preseason game. Now, as it turns out, he signed earlier in the day uh, of the final preseason game, so that's right around the time that we expected the uh, the potential of him to come in. And in terms of the money, like Saquon Barkley, kind of set the market. You know, when after that. You know, the famous Zoom call of all the running backs getting together and, and deciding that they're going to make this stand together. Uh, it sounded like Saquon and, and Josh were going to be on a similar path. And then Saquon sounds like the next day. So it kind of leaves Josh Jacobs out in the cold, although it sounds like Jonathan Taylor actually, you know, listened to that Zoom call and decided to try to take a stand for all running backs. And he's he's part of that now. Right. Uh, but Josh Jacobs is kind of out on an island on his own. And we knew that the deal was going to be 12 million. I mean, that was that was going to be what it was. Uh, that's what Saquon did. And 
And there wasn't much of a difference there uh, in those two guys. So it turns out Josh Jacobs signed for what everybody just kind of expected all along. Now, once, you know, once that date passed, which is July 17th, once that passed and there could not be any potential of a long-term deal, it was one year deal or nothing. And we knew it was going to be the 12 million. I think what Josh Jacobs wanted was a reworked contract that included some sort of guarantees that they wouldn't do a franchise tag next year. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think you can actually put that in writing. I don't think that's something you could say in a contract uh, that we don't do it. But you can give assurances, and you'd have to distrust them on that, I guess. Um, and it doesn't sound like he got that because the Raiders have kind of, you know, publicly or at least through intermediaries leaked out that uh, they retain the right to uh, to franchise tag him again next year. Now, that would be $14 million. It wouldn't be likely that they would do that, but it's, it's certainly within – their right to do it if they want to do it. And, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, I don't think wanted, I think wanted some sort of promises that that wouldn't happen. Um, I think he could probably be safe and assuming it's not going to happen, uh, but he didn't get any kind of assurances and didn't really get much extra out of holding out, but he, you know, sent the message, made his point in his mind. And uh, now he'll come in and play for one year and see what he gets next year, which is probably not going to be what he wants next year either. Cause it's completely unfair to running backs and all the, all the people that this year, uh, that could have made a deal potentially for him next year. We'll say now you're another year older with another, you know, another season of wear and tear on you. Like, of course, we're not going to sign you to a long-term deal. And therein lies the problem with running. Backs. Locals know the STN sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN sports app today. If he's not franchise uh, tag next year, I mean, the obvious thing would be they just walk away from him. Well, the Raiders do, yeah. But I'm saying he'll yeah, be he'll be on the market, which is what he right. always wanted. Uh, and then he'll hear he'll hear feedback feedback from other teams that say, "Hey, I don't know, man. You have a lot of wear and tear. You've been, you know, through some grueling seasons, a lot of carries. Uh, we can't give you a long term deal." So um, that's the the predicament he's going to be facing again. I agree with you, and I think uh, Zamir White had 17 carries last last season. I do think they got to get more out of him this year, or at least try to get more out of him with more carries. Um, do you expect Josh Jacobs to play in the opener? And do, do you expect if he's if he shows any kind of ability like he did last year and leading the league in rushing and touches, is this just going to be part two? Or do you think Zamir White's going to get a solid look at things uh, and so they kind of find out what they have in him? I mean, I think they'll – I'm still conflicted on this because I – you know. I know that Josh McDaniels a couple of weeks ago when I, I wrote about it and it very was it was very much surprising to me and some other people in the room when he said it. Uh, he said, "I don't see any reason for Josh Jacobs' role to be any different this year than it was last year," which was pretty much taking every single carry, yeah. <laughs> which was a, yeah. a wild statement to make. But that's what he said. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. I do think Zamir White will get a little bit more work, but it also goes back to you know the point I was just making of of running backs. Like there is a there is a pitch count for most of them, right? I mean, you have a certain amount of carries you can have in your career before you're kind of done. And so if they look at it just in a strictly business manner, uh, I think you would want to put every bit of wear and tear on Josh Jacobs, just destroy him, wear down his body and and you know, just heartlessly and cruelly just crush him. And then have Zamir White fresh for next year when you're still in a rookie deal with him. I mean, that's the reality of the business, which again, it's gross. And I'm trying to make, the, I'm trying to use descriptive language like that 
to illustrate how gross it is with what how NFL teams deal with running backs, but that is the reality of the situation. And so why put the wear and tear on Zamir White when you don't really have to pay him and you can save him? Uh do it to Josh Jacobs and move on from him if that's what you're gonna do. So again, I that's not my feeling, but I I that's what I see. That's what you think is gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think you're right about that. I think they're just gonna run him ragged again and if he produces, I mean, I guess if something happens and he's not producing as much, maybe Zamir White gets more of a look, but I don't think he's going to get a strong look this year. And you make a good point about the rookie contract. You can bring him back next year. You're not paying him that much as a fourth-round pick, and he'd be fresh and have fresh legs. If if you truly believe he can be the guy in this offense, then it, it's, a, it's a smart, but it's a bad way to do business. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, again – it's why I do think both sides are kind of right on this, right? I mean, um, it's it's heartless, but is business heart? I guess that's the, that's the other question. Um, and it's, it's really not. We've seen it that way. So uh, I just won't be surprised by anything I see out of that. Uh, cut down day is coming. It'll be tomorrow. This is Monday. They've already released a few players. Um, where do you think you're going to be most surprised on this in terms of cuts? Or do you think when the 53 comes out, I know Vinny Bonsignor in our paper did his predictions on the 53 who they're going to keep, who they're not going to keep, guys on the bubble. Are there any positions that you're going to look forward to seeing more than others to where you see who they keep and who they don't? Um, oh, by the way, I was just looking up Samir White's contract, too. And, oh, man, uh, 870000 this year, 985 next year, $1.1 million in 2025. I mean, um, paying him basically nothing. And if you can have him fresh uh, for yeah. two seasons, that would be great. Um, yeah. What? Let's see. I think – I'm very interested in, of course, we just kind of talked about, do they keep Hoyer uh, as potentially the second quarterback or even, you know, the third, if they know Connell's the number two, do you keep him around or do you try to squeeze an extra roster spot? Or uh, as I kind of think might happen, do you release him and then bring him back the next day or even after week one, uh, which does change. Yeah. It changes the, well, you can, you can wait for after week one and bring him back on the active roster and it changes the structure for a veteran contract. So, I mean, that's that's possible uh, that you could do that. Um, it's also possible you bring them back to the practice squad later this week. Um, there's there's different moves you can make, but I'm interested to see what they do with that quarterback. And and I think a lot of that will have to do with is if you're trying to if you're trying to steal an extra spot somewhere, right? If you just have a player that you just don't want to release at another position, uh, the the trick with the quarterbacks is probably how you can get that one extra roster spot squeezed out somewhere, uh, which could potentially be, you know, who's the sixth wide receiver. If you are keeping six, I believe I'm trying to think, I think they kept five last year, but um, if they want to keep six, which I think they will, uh, you know, who is that sixth guy? Cause we think we know five of them. Uh, is it Philip Dorsett as the sixth guy who uh, obviously has the trust of this regime and has been around them for several years and knows the offense and obviously has a ton of speed. Uh, do you go with Wilkerson who kind of shined, but had some down moments in the preseason as well. Um, Keelan Cole, the guy who's been around uh, and made some plays for the Raiders in the past is, is he in the mix? Um, Cause we think we know the top five, but if you get a sixth, who is that guy? Um, so there's those, there's those possibilities. Um, the offensive line. I think that there's some, you know, some fringe guys that you might want to keep around as well. Extra bodies there. Uh, defensive line, too. I think both sides of the line of scrimmage, there's a lot of guys that could potentially make the team. Um, and probably and he more. Had, and he had them keeping a lot of defensive linemen. Yeah. And there's probably more potential. There's more probably 
uh, potential NFL players than there are spots, which is a good problem to have. Uh, but it, it's going to create for some really, really tough decisions over the next couple of days. And um, I know uh, in Vinny's projection he had on the offensive line, uh, he had Alex Bars getting released. Um, I, I'm, I'm not surprised because I feel like if he's not going to win the starting job, which he's very much locked in a battle right now, um, if he's not going to win that starting job, do you keep him around? Do you try to do you release him, put him back on the practice squad? Um, how do you manage him uh, as a returning starter on the offensive line? Uh, same with Jermaine Illuminor, who may not win the job either. Um, how do you how do you manage that? Do you want to keep them around for depth, or do you want to keep some younger guys around for depth that could develop in the future? Um, those are tough decisions to make. But I will say, I, you know, I thought Alex Bars was in jeopardy, and then after Saturday's game, I didn't think he was in jeopardy anymore. Um, I know, like I said, I know Vinny's projection had him not making the team, but uh, I think that's a really interesting name to watch for sure, uh, both Bars and potentially Illuminor. Um, and then, you know, defensive side of the ball, there's just, like we said, a ton of bodies uh, that are kind of, you know, grouped into that mix trying to make the team. So um, I do think there's some intriguing decisions that they have to make. And um, I will say, watch the quarterback spot, because if they keep three, uh, that means there probably wasn't another position that they really, really had a problem with, um, that they yeah. really had struggled with. Because if you are struggling in another position, that you know, cutting one of the quarterbacks, I guess I'll just say cutting Hoyer would be the only quarterback you would cut. Um, that would be a way to sneak an extra player out of the roster. And that would tell you that they really had a hard time. Uh, did you watch the Henderson All-Stars? Your uh, your boys that you were covering up in the Little League, <laughs> Little League kids? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good tournament. Yeah, it was a good tournament. Um, Walk off for California yesterday. Kids about six foot nine. Um, that kid's a giant. Crazy. He's a giant. Might see some things in the next couple of months about his birth certificate. Um, but uh, good job by the Henderson boys uh, for uh, winning two and losing two. And they probably went as far as their talent took them. Um, but, uh, yeah, cool when Nevada kids make uh, make the World Series. And uh, cool when Vegas gets behind them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to watch. I, mean, I know a lot of people uh, were very into it and watching the games. I know in the media room over at uh, the Raiders facility, we had the games on. Oh, when they were playing during uh, during availability. So that was fun to kind of follow along and see how they were doing. And um, hopefully we'll see a lot more Nevada teams in the future. We, you know, it took a little bit of manipulating of the uh, region uh, yeah. to, uh, to make that happen. <laughs> it, did, but... <laughs> it did take a manipulation of the region to make the mountain, to make the mountain region. Yeah. So uh, Nevada has a little bit better path to potentially make a couple of uh, little league world series. <laughs> now all they have to do is get by Wyoming and Montana. Who those yeah. kids play about two months a year. Yeah. For those, uh, we're kind of joking about it here, but uh, yeah, they used to be in the same region as the California teams. And it was very, very Hawaii difficult. Teams. Yeah. It was very difficult to get through the uh, regional in San Bernardino. And now they're in a new region with a much, much, the much lower level of competition. Yeah, it's much lower. But good for yeah. them. Uh good for them to go and and to and to represent Las Vegas. I thought that was really cool. And uh we'll see next year, like you said, with the mountain division. It'll actually be an upset now if Nevada teams don't make it um out of that region. Uh they've been set up for it. So we'll see who uh we'll see who the team is uh next year. 53 tomorrow. This is Monday, 53 tomorrow, Tuesday. Look out for that. Look at it for all our coverage at reviewjournal.com. Uh, and uh, where you get your paper, um, Vinny, Adam, everyone will have the uh, 53 roster and who got cut and who didn't. So that's going to be a lot of news coming out, and we'll see how Dave Ziegler is um, is evaluated for what kind of team he's put together for this year. 
That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there.